The franchise tag timeline is well underway up until March 5th, and we are going to review all of the most popular franchise tag candidates. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power Radiate and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros. And for today, we have a special theme for today's episode, which is the franchise tag. So we are going to go over quite literally every popular franchise tag candidate and discuss whether it's worth doing. And uh, so CJ, I know you have some strong feelings about the franchise tag. I'll let you start off before we get going on moving through all of these candidates. You just tell me, tell me, tell it like it is about the franchise tag in general. Oh, I'm allowed to rant about the franchise tag. Oh, it's like Christmas. Thank you, Adam. Try to make it somewhat quick though, because we haven't decided it. it. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. So the thing with the franchise tag, for those who don't know, it's a tag where let's just say you have a player that you drafted at the end of their rookie year on an expiring deal. You don't want to lose them for nothing, so you can tag them, right? You can actually do it twice in consecutive years. That's something you know that teams have the ability to do. But here's the thing. I probably shouldn't explain that because most people that are listening to a football show, I would hope, know what the franchise tag is. However, here are some of the issues I have with it. One whether you support it or whether you don't, one thing we can all agree on is that the franchise tag itself is much too powerful. It's a verbal thing, you know. Pen doesn't have to hit paper. A team can call you up and say, hey, we're probably going to tag you. And then, boom, you're stuck because that's the trick of the franchise tag. You, as the player, do not have a choice. They just say, hey, we're going to tag you. They don't even have to procure the document yet, and you are stuck. Well, to be fair, you can decline it, but then you don't play. And at the end of the day, people have said, oh, but it's good for, you know, you know, for the players. And I'm like, no, it's not, in fact, good for the players. It greatly restricts what they're able to do. And another issue that I have is that it's truly a lose-lose scenario for both sides. Because let me ask you something, dear viewers. When was the last time the league saw a tag and trade? Not since like 2020 or 2021. There was like a brief window from like 2017 to 2020 where it happened a bit. But it usually doesn't happen because the franchise tag is only for one year. And no team in their right mind is going to give up a first round pick for a guy on a one-year deal. And if you do, well, you should probably fire your GM. And it gets to the point where if you are going to tag and trade someone, you will be lowballed. Every team's going to lowball you, and you're going to hamper yourself. And the players hate it. How many times have when the 
players have the tag forced upon them. They'll just, you know, the media plays a big will they, won't they? Oh, will he sit out? They always end up signing it, but they're not happy about it. And it all, and I would say at least half the time, these guys don't come back because they're angry with the team for doing it. And which is why I say we need to abolish the tag. And in the effort, you know, keeping it quick, I'm not going to say all my issues with it. I've just covered the main ones. However, the one argument that I hear, you know, about why we need to keep the tag is because it gives small market teams a chance to compete. My counterpoint is this. This is not the NBA. This is not the MLB. This is not the NHL. The NFL has a hard cap where there will be actual consequences for going over it. You know what I mean? There is no simple luxury tax you can just pay away. There are real consequences. You know, that's how it is. You have a hard salary cap, which actually does give smaller market teams a chance. And for those people who say we need to keep the tag for the smaller teams, I would say you should probably push up your next CAT scan appointment because you might be watching a different sport. That is all. All right. So to your point about uh, the tag and trade being lowballed, out of all of these, uh, and I'm looking, uh, yeah, out of all of the trades that go all the way back to uh, it, this was in 2017, only one of the trades uh, – only one of the trades went for a first round pick and it was the it was the Frank Clark trade with the between the Seahawks and the Chiefs so 1 2 3 4 5 so five trades since 2017 one of them went for a first round pick and Adam you said there have been five tag and trades since 2017 when did the last one occur 2020 yeah, exactly. So we haven't had one in years, which just shows like when people mention, oh, but Matagan trade. It's like, yeah, well, it doesn't really happen. And that's 2017 through the present. That's not even one a year. That's, so, yeah, 2017. Yeah, that's one a year if you spread them out. So that's six years. Mm-hmm. That's six exactly. league years. Consider any arguments for keeping it debunked. Yeah. Um, so pass rusher uh, Yannick Ngakwe went for a second round pick in 2021 in a conditional fifth. Uh, Jadevion Clowney went for uh, a couple of players, Jacob Martin Martin and Barkevius Mingo, in a third round pick. Uh, then after that, it was Frank Clark who went for a uh, third round pick. Uh, so it was Frank, it was Clark and a 2019 third round pick for a first round pick and uh, a third round pick and a second round pick. So pretty good draft compensation there. And also, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure the Seahawks got the best out of it uh, because Frank Clark wasn't that good for the for the Chiefs. Once yeah, he got like traded one there. Decent season and then it was he was OK, but not worth what they traded. Uh, D Ford. Um so this guy, oh, he was traded, I believe, right after that whole issue that happened in the twenty during the twenty uh, 
right after that issue that happened during the uh, 2018 playoff run where uh, oh, he was sure. lined up oh. offsides after what would have been a game-sealing interception by Tom Brady. Lined up offsides. And the guy – so this is the worst time for him to get uh, – to be mic'd up. The guy, he's saying, like, oh, they just said I was offsides. He goes, was I? It's like, dude, shut up. Hmm. If you made that mistake, just shut up about it. We get it. Mis- mistakes have a, a stupid one at that. But when you're asked it, was I? Knowing that you're mic'd up, that was oof. That's that's what you that's what got you traded. And uh yeah, and the Chiefs did win this trade because he only ended up playing uh just 12 games for the 49ers. Um yeah. And uh the Chiefs got a second round pick out of it, which they used on Willie Gay. Who actually has been a impact player on the in that linebacking core for the Chiefs ever since? So safe to say, Kansas City won that trade. Jarvis Landry with the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins le- sent him to uh, the the Dolphins sent him to Cleveland, and he went for a fourth round pick and a seventh rounder. So that's about as bad as it gets. For uh, for Jarvis Landry, who at the time still was considered one of the better, not one of the better wide receivers, but he was a good one. He was a solid yeah. one. Um, yeah, and I don't think it's worth a fifth and seventh. All right, um, let's get into these trade candidates. Um, we're going to start at offense. There's a couple running backs, a couple wide receivers. We have a lot of defensive players. It's this free agency class is loaded with not only wide receivers. But also defense. Just about every position. It's loaded. All right. This is an obvious one. T. Higgins. And it looks like one of two things are going to happen with him, according to reports. Uh, He's either going to be tagged or he is going to get an extension before the deadline and they don't use the tag at all. And again, CJ, you and I were talking about this off air. If the Bengals come to an agreement with T Higgins on a deal before the tag deadline. Don't use it on anyone else. I think you and I can agree on that. Yeah. Because don't like T Higgins is an incredible wide receiver who we both agree they should keep, but there's another guy on that roster by the name of Jamar chase, who happens to be Joe Burrow, your favorite, uh, your, your franchise Messiah his favorite toy. Um, if you lose him, that's going to be a problem. So you need as much money as you possibly can in order to keep both of these guys in town. Cause uh, in order to stay in contention, Joe Burrow, Jamar chase, T Higgins, not negotiable. All right. We'll go on to the next one. Cause this is, that one was pretty obvious. Here's one uh, wide receiver, Michael Pittman jr. So, uh, this is a, this is kind of a tough one because Michael Pittman jr. He is a wide receiver one, but a low end at that, a mid, a mid tier wide receiver one at best. And this would be replaceable 
but do we really want to dink around with replacing a wide receiver one when you're trying to develop a quarterback right now, a young kid who missed most of his rookie season because of an injury? So like you already have some you already have some issues with the offensive line you're trying to figure out. Do you really want to take away his favorite weapon? Yeah. No, you really don't. And as you mentioned, they are you know they they are developing the, you know, your youngster there in Anthony Richardson who despite the fact he has rookie year cut short, he did show flashes that he could be special. And the greatest way you can throw a wrench into his development is by letting Pittman walk because receivers, hey, this is a pass-first, offensive-driven league nowadays. Defense no longer wins you championships. Offense does. And the thing is, Indy, if you don't tag him and he walks out that door, he's not coming back. There will be another team that will snatch him up. Yes. And I believe just looking at, uh, so they are top five in cap space. Um, they're fifth with 79 mil. So they should be able to, if they really wanted to, they should be able to re-sign them. That being said, they still have other needs. They need, uh, they need better protection on that offensive line. And, uh, you do need to make sure that this pass catching course stays intact. Mm-hmm. They have a good oh, young one. It's okay. Um, there's a couple kids who I, I know on, are on that team. Yeah, Downs and Pierce specifically are pretty good. And yes, they, their name slipped in my mind, but that you got yeah, yeah. Also, you might need to shore up the defense a little bit, especially that linebacker core, because Darius Leonard is gone. Uh, the other guy, Bobby O'Karakee, is playing in Shaq Leonard right now. huh? Shaq Leonard. Oh, Shaq Leonard. Sometimes I forget because, you know, he changed it for no reason, but that's okay because we love Shaq Leonard. And even still, your defensive backfield is okay. I mean, outside of Blackman and Moore, it's just kind of eh. Yeah. So I mean, you could use some pieces everywhere, but yeah, but either way, Pittman's got to be your biggest, uh, you know, your biggest issue there. You got to keep him. Hold, yeah, hold on to that kid. All right. Next one, this is an interesting one. He's already been tagged. Josh Jacobs. Um, so Josh, this guy's already been tagged, and I haven't seen I actually haven't kept up with how he has how he did last year. Uh Josh Jacobs. By the way, Adam, you can keep going. I'll look it up. I have it already. Um oh, yeah, already. so he averaged this. This was kind of a down year for him. So his his the year before, he was really good. I mean, he was their lead rusher, and uh, sixteen hundred fifty three yards, twelve touchdowns, and uh, he averaged just under five yards per attempt. I mean, he was electric. He's still more of. He's still much more of a. Uh, a north south back a downhill runner mm-hmm. and he's not much of a i mean he he did have a career year through the air last year too with 400 receiving yards so he has gotten better during his time in the league at being a more complete back with catching it as well but uh he definitely had a down year this year 
very down. Uh, just 805 yards and uh, 3.5 yards per attempt. So, yeah. I'm like, you can blame the offensive line, but what do you think? I just, running back, especially like Josh Jacobs, they're weird because we've seen what he can do. We know his ceiling, but he fell back down to earth with an un just with an uninspiring thud. And it's getting to the point where we all know this. You don't shell out the big bucks for running backs. And the tag, you know, the tag isn't exactly cheap. You know, it's maybe it's only one year, but it's a lot of money. And I don't know. The thing is, running backs, as you know, are replaceable. And I think they also have Zamir White, who they also drafted. Can we confirm or deny that? Let me go and I'm look checking right now. Um, yeah, because they had a rookie. I think they drafted Zamir White. Um, yeah, he's on the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, 455 rushing yards. So he did play a pretty mm-hmm. sizable role on the team. Yeah, and the only reason I bring him up is because, well, we all know this that uh, running backs are replaceable. Running back can get you like 800 yards and five touchdowns. They're kind of a dime a dozen. And I don't know how financially prudent it would be to retain Josh Jacobs, considering the fact your offensive line is still terrible and your defense is, you guessed it, kids, still terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They have a lot of things to fix over there. And I don't think they can fix it all in one offseason. This is going to be a developmental year for the entire team. And they may they may just have to take a couple steps back before they take any steps forward. Uh, because J- Devontae Adams is still on that team. Josh Jacobs is still there. Two players who you would think would be on the roster for winning now, not winning in a couple of years. And Devontae Adams doesn't want to go. And Josh Jacobs is upset about not getting paid. And quite frankly, after this season, I don't know if he deserves it anymore. Yeah, if he was going to be that upset about not getting paid and then completely regress, then maybe you should not be paid. But that's the thing. I do. So he had a great year on a contract year last year of rushing for for just under 1,700 yards. And then they tagged him. So, and like they tag, then they tagged him. So that's kind of, you know, this is what frustrates players about the franchise tag is that they could, they could play their asses off for a career year on a contract season. And then they get put by the team under, not under their consent in the same position the following year. So they have to go back out and do the exact same thing. And yeah, they're like they're supposed to do that every year, but like you could understand where the pressure is on for them because they're they're quite literally playing for their jobs. And uh that can be that can be frustrating. I understand the other side of it where you should always be doing your job, but it, the fact that you're constantly thinking that you could get fired at any point or any injury and it's over for you and they're doing it without your consent. That is, that's a frustrating situation. 
And I'm going to use that to segue into Saquon Barkley, who also has not been tagged yet, or uh, who, who was tagged last year and still has not been paid. And uh, yeah, so this this one is this one is interesting, especially because they chose to pay the quarterback Daniel Jones instead of Saquon Barkley. And CJ, remind me how Daniel uh, how Daniel Jones did this year. Well, it would appear that his decent season last year, much like Josh Jacobs, might have been in fact a flash in the pan. This season, Daniel Jones. I will grant you, though, that he was hurt. Look, that's not lost on me. But are you ready? This man played in six games. So, you know, he was hurt a lot of the time. We know that. But still, six games. We can kind of average it out in our heads. 909 yards. Two touchdown passes. Not one, not two, not three, but six interceptions. And ladies and gentlemen, let's crunch the numbers. 909 passing yards divided by six you know, over six games. 151.5 passing yards a game. You threw your money at this kid after one good year, and it was a fluke. And you could have paid Saquon. I mean, I know you don't pay running backs, but that seems like a much smarter investment compared to this kid and Daniel Jones. I think the other issue here is that their offensive line is actually horrible. So, uh, yes, Daniel they're, Jones got hurt, and he had statistics, and he he had statistically a really bad season. But there was a game where Daniel Jones quite literally got sacked eleven times in one game. If you get sacked, that's like a quarter of what players get sacked in an entire season, mm-hmm. and that happened in one game. That is actually really, really bad for a quarterback who you threw a lot of money in and invested a lot into. And th- this, and I'm going to use that to segue into, into Saquon Barkley, who is the topic of discussion here, because he had statistically a bad year too. Uh, he, he rushed for, for under 1,000 yards, 962 yards, averaged under four yards a carry. Mm. The fact that he, if he's even averaging four yards a carry, for a, for a player like that, you want better production from your star running back. The fact that you couldn't even get over four, that is a problem. That's a problem that I'm not blaming Saquon for. I'm blaming their offensive line. And I'm looking at you, Evan Neal, Mr. All of these critics are flipping burgers for a living. Well, you better not flip my burger because you're going to burn mine because you can't yeah. even play right tackle well enough. Yeah, and that's the thing, though, about the Giants. You know, you can't really blame Saquon for this. It's the O-line. That's the thing. They have invested heavily into their offensive line, but it just seems like every time they just get a bad roll of the dice. And to revisit Evan Neal's, like, oh, I'm in the NFL and you're flipping burgers. Well, buddy, you're a lineman, yeah, and you're – I, I don't know. I, I don't even have that. So, yeah, big talk from an offensive lineman. You were drafted in the first round, and you're terrible. I mean, have you seen him play? He should be working at IHOP the way he gets pushed down for a pancake almost every other play. And Andrew Thomas, I thought after one year he'd be good, but he's become a turnstile as well. 
And as much as I like Saquon Barkley, maybe it's because I like him, I don't know how much of this is actually his fault. And we've seen before guys like Le'Veon Bell have proven to be just products of their offensive line. And yes, just I feel for Saquon. And so, as far as what the yeah. Giants do, do you really tag him when you're going to get him, you know, put behind like one of the league's worst run-blocking lines? I don't know. Yeah. So my point, my point that I'm kind of working around is that why should Saquon even want to stay on that team in a long-term deal, let alone just the tag? If you're Saquon, you want to get as far away from this team as possible. Maybe head over to, I don't know, Houston. They need they need some help at running back. I know they have some. Uh, I'm completely blanking on the name of the guy who they have there. I know they have Singletary, but who's the number one who they have who's like who was who had a pretty good rookie year? Can you repeat that again? It's Houston. The oh, guy for Houston. I'm oh Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce was pretty good. He wasn't that good this year, but uh let's say you add Saquon to that mix. Bring Saquon in. How two dimensional would that team be? That would be awesome. You mean Three dimension, yeah. Three dimension, yeah. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, how how incredible would that be? Now, th- I still think they need a little bit of help on that in that wide receiving core, but I also don't. Th- I don't know because Tank Dell is really good. Maybe he is a one. I mean, it was night and day seeing how C.J. Stroud play. I wouldn't say it was night and day because he was still good, but it was really good to see how. He how uh, C.J. Stroud was able to develop these two rookies uh, working together to figure out the league. Bring them in for year two. Let's see how it, see how all this goes. Do they, do we really need to bring in somebody new? But if you bring in Mike Evans, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. But um, the uh, Houston has the quarterback. They have the offensive line. Those are the most basic building blocks that you need. For a for a future championship contending team, so if you bring in Saquon, he'll be safe there because you have an offensive line to protect him. If you bring in Mike Evans, uh, C.J. Stroud will have enough time to give him the ball, and he's a competent enough quarterback so he could put it into Mike Evans' hands. And you'll also have Tank Dell. You'll have Nico Collins. You'll still have Noah uh, uh, Noah Brown. Um, they're working on bringing back their uh, uh, Dalton Schultz, who was a pretty good tight end in his own right. Uh, you know, that's teams like that are just very good, attractive organizations for Sa- players like Saquon uh, to be in, because I just don't trust that the giants can keep Saquon healthy anymore. All right. Um, we're going to step aside and move on. And we're going to get to some front seven players on uh who are potential tag candidates and whether or not this is worth it for, for them and the organization. That's next. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast.
Welcome back to the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros. We're going over all of the franchise tag candidates. Um, and yeah, so this is an episode that, yes, it's yes, the tag deadline uh, or like the timeline for placing tags started this past Tuesday, but it gets so dragged out that we figured we'd push it to, to today. And also, we wanted to do our full off-season preview on our last episode. Go check that out if you want to see um, a f- just an outlook on how this off-season will go from the top five picks in the draft to the top five teams in total cap space in free agency. And we also talked about some trade candidates. We didn't get over to the franchise tag candidates because that's right now. It's happening right now. And we're going over everything that could happen. Something could be could happen right now. Because the de- the timeline is right now. Um, so here we are. Uh, we are on to the front seven portion. Defensive tackle, Justin Matabike. Um, mm-hmm. So this guy had a career year for the Ravens. And he is now a free agent. Um he was a big part of a Ravens defense that really, really helped the Ravens to their best season since 2019. And uh, if they want to stay two dimensional, they or Jesus, I keep saying if they want to, if they want to stay a complete football team, uh, they may want to consider keeping this guy. All right. Let me explain something to you, kids, about old Justin BK here. Now, we have a Ravens fan friend on the show named Justin Tucker. Justin, if you're listening to this, eventually cover your ears. I don't know how great of an investment it would be to re-sign him. Because we are told by all of our forefathers of the game that when a player has a career year in a contract year, red flags are flying. And that's another thing. He had a career-high 56 tackles and a career-high 13 sacks. By the way, his entire career, he has 21 and a half. I'm just saying that that's simple math. You know, uh, 13 out of 21 and a half, it's over half of his sacks can come in one year. Over a third of his tackles, 56 combined, came last year. So he, I just find suspicious that he breaks out in a contract year. You know what I mean? Like this is one of those guys where maybe you might just have to bite the bullet and not resign. Considering the fact, you know, your offense still could use running backs that don't get hurt and wide receivers, you know, not named Zay Flowers. Just, just yeah, well, like I think this is a real season, just because, like, yes, this is a career year, but this is like electric. This is like the stats that he put up. If his name wasn't hard to pronounce, he might be a defensive player of the year candidate. Oh, uh, yeah, you, you make and, the point. And for to put up these numbers, 13 sacks as an interior defensive lineman. I don't know if it's just becoming more and more common or if this guy is just straight up a beast, but with Chris Jones, we gave him his flowers whenever he was able to do this. 
uh, with Aaron yeah, Donald when he was doing it yearly. Good from the get-go is my point. A lot of these guys were good from the get-go, and he this is like his best season by far, and he just did it in a contract year. Furthermore, when we look at the franchise tag, right, do you know what yep. it costs for a defensive tackle by any chance? Um, I have it right here. It's a $22.1 million. Do you know that? It's true. You know, that's all guaranteed. The Ravens themselves in Capitals right now. Huh? 20.9. 20.9. I'm looking at over the cap right now, so it's whatever. It I'm says 2024 franchise tag for defensive tackle is 22.1, whatever. But whatever, you know, we'll just say it's somewhere in the middle, all right? The Ravens yep. themselves in cap space per spottrack.com have just over 12 million. So that's over what you can do in one player. And I, and I know they're going to do some cap gymnastics, but do you really put all your eggs in one basket? Just yeah. a thought. And meanwhile, Justin to bite my head off, but that's okay. We love Justin. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to this next one. Defensive end Brian Burns. Um, I th- this feels like one of those franchise cornerstone players that you just cannot uh, let out the door. Uh, but at the same time, you don't want to piss him off by giving him the tag because again, like that, that does not help you. That doesn't help anybody. So this guy. Since he's entered the league, he hasn't gotten less than seven and a half sacks. He hasn't he he hasn't had less than eight sacks since 2020. He had 12 and a half last year, and his tackles his tackles for loss numbers have climbed ever since he's joined the league. So yeah. he is the type of player you you don't want to let go, and. Uh, the Carolina, the Panthers' defense has been there. It's generally their their bright spot, at least personnel wise. So this is a guy you want to keep around. Yeah, you make yeah, well, yeah. That's that's good. And Burns is another one, Carolina. If you don't tag him or at least extend him, he will leave. I truly believe if he escapes the tag window without the tag. He's going to leave. And you can't do that if you're Carolina because then you really have egg on your face because, one, Adam mentioned franchise cornerstone. But, two, wasn't there a team, I'm blanking on who, that would have literally given up, like, two first-rounders for Brian Burns? I'm completely forgetting who, but I remember it was something like that. I feel like it might have been the Rams. I don't know. But all I know is there was, a, I think, a team that that was offering something stupid weird like that for Brian Burns. Not nothing wrong with Burns though. But, and the, the Panthers said no. So can you imagine if you don't tag him? It was the him? Rams, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, can you imagine if you don't tag him and he leaves? Because that's the thing. I think if you don't tag him, he's gone. However, Adam mentioned that if you tag him, you run the risk of majorly pissing him off. Yeah. So, so you kind of, you're darned if you do, yeah. you're damn if you damn if you don't. That's true. So it's either you find a way to get a contract extension going before the deadline, or you get in co- you you get in contact with him and you say, "Look, 
we can get something going with you. We're just going to need time to buy that time. We're going to need the tag, the franchise tag. We're not going to have you play under it, but we need time to work out a deal because we don't, we can't have you leave. We you're too important to this organization, something like that. Um, because they are they're they they cannot let this guy go, especially with all the crap that they're dealing with on the offensive side of the ball, with trying to figure out if Bryce Young is the guy. Uh, with trying to find some targets for the guy and also trying to figure out that offensive line that they've worked so hard on. Why, why did it play so poorly this year? And uh, you know, we, we thought this, what this offensive line was going to be really good. Um, So why is it underperforming and do they need more personnel? Is it a coaching thing? That's something they need to figure out. Um, And you're not going to figure that out if you are having issues with, Bring it with keeping your best player on the defensive side of the ball and Brian Burns. Offensive line, uh, outside linebacker Josh Allen. This is a guy who's, I mean, you brought up having a career year could be in a contract year, could be a red flag. Josh Allen's always been a good pass rusher, but the year that he had. Racking up 17 and a half sacks. Every other play, he was in the quarterback's face. He was a him and uh and uh um Trayvon Walker were a big part of why the Jaguars were pretty good in the first half of last year of this past season. Um, we're not gonna talk about how the season ended, uh, because that's a big part of that is on the is on the um on the offense rather than the defense. But Oh, I want to say bring him back, but I wonder if if he reverts back to his old self where he's, yes, he's a solid pass rusher, but he's not exactly the type who's worth high-end money. If he continues his career like this, then sure. But I'm just not sure if I buy him doing what he just did every single year, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do think that the emergence of Trayvon Walker playing opposite him helped. I do. I really do think that. But he had 10 and a half sacks his rookie year, then two and a half, seven and a half, seven, and then 17 and a half, which, as you know, is far and away his career best. So once again, it's another thing where I just don't know if I trust it. I really don't. I mean, I would say run the risk and tag him again. If he can get over and double digits again, then I'd say pay him. But I don't know. These, like, contract season years are always a little uh, worrying for a lot of us. Yeah. And don't forget, so this guy, so because he was a first-round pick, he is, that was his fifth year. So he's going to be 27 next year. Meaning it's not like he's a like obviously he's still young. If you're in your twenties, you're you're still a young player. But he's been in the league since 2019. He's been in he's been in the league for a few years. Um and now he's so we know it's not a physical thing, it's not a developmental thing, because this is going to be his sixth year in this in the league. It's not like we're it's not like what we have seen isn't uh, 
it's not like his best days are exactly ahead of him if that makes any sense there's no there, here's a better here's a better way to put it there's really not much room for him to develop anymore because he's yeah. he's already been in the league for 6 years what you see is what you get from him so to have this year a career season and a contract year that's great only problem is it happened in year 5 yeah so it's not like oh he's developing into something great no he's been in the league for 5 years it's about damn time that he did this. And the fact that it happened during a contract year. I like Josh Allen. I think he's one of their best def defensive players on the on this side of the ball. But uh they got they they have to weigh how much that how much money is actually worth. Don't just look at this season. Look at the entire uh the entire season as a whole. Um yeah. Or just his, excuse me, look at his entire, his entire career. All right. Um, let's just finish this out. Um, yeah. Going on to the secondary. Cornerback Jalen Johnson. Now corners, 18.8 million. And the Bears are fourth in cap space with 82 mil. But, and this isn't like another guy. This is why the cap the this is why the the franchise tag just doesn't make sense. Why do you want these guys back on for one year? Jalen Johnson played his ass off this year. And he's and it's not like he just this is just yes, this is a career year, but it's not far off from what he's capable of year in, year out. When he first entered the league, when he was here with Kyle Fuller, he was actually pretty damn good. So if I'm if I'm the Bears, you're locking this guy down long term before his before his his value goes up even higher because something tells me he's going to get even better. Yeah, the, he's another one where once again statistically his best season. I mean, at least in terms of interceptions, but he's always been like a reliable guy and he's definitely one where even if he doesn't get tagged. I think he'll be back in Chicago simply because they can't afford to pay him. And I am in agreement with Adam where anywhere he goes, he's going to be fine. So it does behoove Chicago to get a deal done sooner rather than later. Because if yeah. you wait for free agency, teams will be breaking down his door like Jack Torrance going, here's Johnny and here's money. It's like, Yeah, it's like, yes, this is a career year for him. But it's not like it's out like completely. Yeah, no, no, no. But coverage wise, he was always consistent. That's that's my yeah. Point. Yes, like he's always been good, like a very good corner. So I think this is I don't know. I think this isn't far off from what he's from what he's done. Um. All right, here's safety Antoine Winfield Jr. Here's my problem with Tampa. They look like they're trying to keep the entire band together from the 2020 Super Bowl run. Problem is they're missing the most important piece, which is Tom Brady. And that's what made this team a consistent Super Bowl contender. Yes, they made the playoffs the year after Brady retired. And during his age 45 season, he just simply wasn't the same. But they weren't in contention for two years in 2020 and 21 because of the team around them. 
Like, yes, that's a big part of it because they couldn't win Super Bowls when in during Tom Brady's last year in 2019. But the key piece, the key to everything is the quarterback. So if you bring back Baker Mayfield, that's great and all. You're going to make the playoffs. You're probably you you it's not out of the realm of possibility you win a playoff game. You did it this year. But are you winning a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield? The answer is no. You get to because like look at the a look at the way the AFC looks. Even if you make the Super Bowl, you still have to get past like you even if you get past the Lions in the NFC who you couldn't beat. Uh, the Eagles might fix themselves. The Packers um, look the up and up as well. Packers are on the up and up. The, the Niners, Niners are still, are still there. The I mean, even if you get even if you get oh, past them, look at the AFC. Oh, it's even worse because Wait, oh, it's not way, just Adam. yes. Also, even in their division, you could make a case that the Panthers. I mean, not the Panthers. The Falcons are like a competent coach away. From being really, really scary. They have a lot of high-end guys on their team. And even if they get like a veteran bridge quarterback, it's going to elevate them that much further. And if Bryce Young figures it out in Carolina, it's a wrap. Sure. But look at, like, I'm saying look at the AFC. Even oh, if you oh, make yeah. it there. You're yeah, not you're winning. Not there. You're not beating Mahomes. You're not beating. I think the, the Chiefs are going to stay where they are. You're um, not beating Burrow, you're not beating you're not Allen, beating, you're, not you're not beating, beating Burrow. You're not being Burrow and company. I don't – I mean, they if probably, Lamar figures it out and plays how he do, plays in the postseason, how he does in the regular season, sure. And even if you could be Allen, he's going to be a handful. And if the Chargers get better, can you keep pace with guys like Herbert? I don't know. I don't – I. the point is the key to everything is the quarterback. The quarterback – if there's anything that Super Bowl 58 taught us – it's that it's not just about the team around you, the 49ers who had everything at an elite level except the quarterback. It's not that. It's the quarterback who has everything. It's okay around you. You can win with it. The quarterback who can make do with everything else. I think that's, especially since Patrick Mahomes is in the league and he is the, he is the guy to beat, that's going to be the standard at the quarterback position. And it sucks that that's the case because that's that's what we were saying about Tom Brady. He was the standard, so your quarterback just had to be that good in big moments. Can Baker Mayfield do that? I don't think he's capable of outdueling Patrick Mahomes in the postseason. <coughs> Excuse me. But that being said, the reason I bring that up is because why are we using all of this money to bring back veterans like Antoine Winfield Jr., who is really good, don't get me wrong, but why are we using money on this and not trying to improve the quarterback position? I understand you're trying to keep the core around everyone around you. You're trying to keep them there, but you need to find your next quarterback. And whether that takes keeping, uh, you know, whether that takes um, storing away some money, trading up for a high draft pick, something like that. But you need that next guy. You can't just cheap out at the quarterback position, whether that no. be Baker Mayfield or Kirk Cousins or whoever else is available out there. You can't cheap out there. So you're not just going to find, you're not going to reap, you're, 
you're not overnight just going to be able to repeat the production that Tom Brady brought. You're not going to be able to do it. Um, yeah. But do you think, like, I'll, I'll ask the question, because, like, do you think Antoine Winfield Jr. is worth the franchise tag or just a long-term contract? Because they have a long list of needs. On an ability level, yeah. Because the franchise tag for safeties is, again, according to over the cap, is $17.1 million, which is pretty good for one year. But when we look at long-term, I, I cannot stress enough, Solely on abilities alone, I would argue yes. But when you take a step back and you look at the entire picture, well, uh, I don't know. Because, you know, Mike Evans might bolt out the door. You need a quarterback. Your offensive line outside of Werfs is not that great. You know, because there was one time, you know, where you got ravaged. Remember when Donovan Smith and Alex Capital left and Ali Marpet retired? You're still not recovering from that. You know, you still have to worry about Devin White, your linebacker. So it's it's a toss-up for me. My verdict is probably not, but I think they will. Yeah, they might keep him. They they, they just like him we too much. To and he did, he, to. he did have a really good year. It's just out of all the positions that they need to to retain, um, it feels like safety is closer to the bottom of the list. They need yeah. to, again, like you said, they need to keep Devin White on the team. They need to keep Mike Evans. They still need to figure out that offensive line to keep whoever they have at quarterback. Again, the, the quarterback, like that's that's the top priority for me. You are a team with all of these all of these great pieces around you. The only part that you really don't have is the quarterback. And don't give me Baker Mayfield. I don't want to hear it about Baker Mayfield. Yes, he won a playoff game. Great. He's still a low B, high C level quarterback. He's not the type who's going to win you a Super Bowl. And he's probably not even going to be going to get you in contention for one. So sorry, but he's not getting you there. That's my that would be my top priority is to find a quarterback. Mm -hmm. but that's just what I'm thinking. All right. Uh, that's all the scheduled content we have for today. Any other thoughts before we end the episode? Nope. Just abolish the tag kids. Yes. All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Thursday, uh, Tuesdays at seven 30 PM Eastern standard time and Fridays at five, uh, we have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have all our episodes available on there as well. Uh, go and follow our Instagram at FumbleRuski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL, as well as our TikTok at Pod. Otherwise, we'll see you next week over and out.